Glacier uniquely focuses on informing and inspiring the next generation of college and university students by looking for innovative ways to recruit high school students. They are always looking for new ways to recruit with the best interest of students in mind, something that has been important to Glacier since day one. Glacier offers the largest high school advertising network in North America. This unique platform allows higher education marketers the opportunity to place massive billboard-style ads directly inside feeder high schools, leverage influential students as brand ambassadors, and layer in a robust digital advertising component. If you are ready to take your high school recruitment to the next level or want to learn more about how Glacier can help you, visit their website at www.weareglacier.org. Welcome back, everybody. This is the EdUp Experience podcast, where we make education your business. Dr. Joe Salustio here with you again on what I would consider a landmark episode for the EdUp Experience. Once I introduce my guests, you'll know why I say that. You know, it's funny because we talk about EdUp all the time. We've passed 300 episodes. We've interviewed 100 plus college and university presidents. And the one constant among all of the conversations is the commitment and discussion around lifelong learning, point in time learning. What does that really mean to, to access learning right when you need it, to have companies that, that um, offer something that you need right when you need it, and, and work with colleges and universities and employers to, to create a life cycle, right? Um, there's a lot of discussion around the 80 to 100-year curriculum, not the four-year one-off as, um, as maybe we enjoyed or experienced in the past. And I've got two gentlemen here today that are going to talk about this very in-depth with you. If they can uh, take my rambling, I'm not sure if they can, but uh, I'm the only one that they have. So we're going to just have to work through it together. Here they are, ladies and gentlemen, the founder and CEO and professor of MI at MIT, Dr. Anant Argawal. Um, of edX and Chip Pausek, co-founder and CEO of 2U. Gentlemen, welcome to the EdUp Experience podcast. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Great to be here. And Chip, this is your second rodeo with us. Episode 29. You probably don't even remember it, considering what you've had going on lately, but we do remember it um, because uh, it was a good one. And at the time, and this is where I want to start, a chip with you. It was that, that I said to you earlier before we started recording, this is kind of like a, a full circle interview for me to have you on here because the last time we spoke, there was a big question about the future of, of OPMs and uh, about this type of partnership. And then, you know, coronavirus hits and, and then, uh, you know, you're every university's best friend because you know how to scale online learning. And so here we are so many months later, still coronavirus is with us, but to you has gone through somewhat of a transformation with this uh, merger and acquisition of edX and uh, talk about the journey a little bit over the last 18 months. Well, obviously uh, when we met the first time we were just coming into um, COVID was, was now upon us. And I would say, if you think about the last 18 months, the great university has uh, really uh, had to focus on digital transformation as a core strategic, uh, you know, something that every university president uh, needs to be thinking about their long-term online strategy. And, uh, you know, we're very fortunate that we were able to come and join forces with edX together and, uh, you know, really sort of strength meeting strength um, 
And, you know, we do think it's not just transformative for 2U, but we think it's transformative for the industry. Um, before I ask Anana a question, I have to ask you, how fast has time and space been moving around you lately? Is it, are you caught in this whirlwind where you just like can't even breathe or is it just this? I mean, what is it like for you? How fast is everything moving around you right now? Well, not and I've been pretty busy here for, for the last for the last six months. It's been uh, it's been pretty intense. But, you know, I've, I'm going on uh, 14 years of two you and I would say uh, certainly no shortage of uh, adventure. And, you know, I feel very lucky uh, to be uh CEO and, and, you know, the, the, the long-term promise of what online education can be is really greater than ever. And, you know, it's all about quality and allowing the learner and the great university to have options uh, going forward for people that want to change their lives. And that's part of what we think is so great about this, uh, this combination. So Joe, it's, it, it has certainly been an intense 18 months, uh, but you know, in terms of the, the market, there are good days and there are bad days, but uh, what we're doing for the learner and for the community of great universities worldwide uh, gets us all up in the morning. So we're pretty excited about it. Yeah, not, uh, you know, I want to move to you just for a second. And, and uh, you know, one of the, the growing areas of higher education is the non-degree uh, uh, micro-credentials, uh, micro-degrees, and edX has certainly been at the forefront of that. We've seen now, Amazon invest in, in Google and grow with Google and, and all these uh, other companies that are, are starting to come into this space. But edX has been there as one of the main players. And uh, you have, and I didn't know this until I was researching, that you have one of the most valuable websites in the world um, as classified by um, whoever, the, whoever the heck values websites. Uh, because of the number of the people that are visiting uh, the number of people that are taking these online courses. Um, talk about your challenges and your successes recently uh, and what this, uh, this uh, marriage, so to speak, with to you means for the future of edX. You know, uh, Joe, you talked about uh, time moving fast. Um, you know, since we started about 10 years ago, uh, our time was always moving incredibly fast for us as we began offering uh, courses, uh, MOOCs as they're called, uh, for free to learners all over the world. Uh, you know, maybe partnered with some of the uh, world's top institutions like uh, MIT, Harvard, Berkeley, Stanford, and others, and companies like uh, Google, IBM, Amazon Web Services, and so on. Uh, as we offer these courses to learners all over the world, uh, you know, our website has grown to uh, over 40 million learners who are coming and learning uh, on edX. And so time was always moving incredibly fast. We also uh, be innovating along the way, creating some radical novel micro-credentials like uh, micro-bachelors and micro-masters where you know, a number of uh, learners all over the world, whether they were in jobs or whether they were looking for a job, uh, where they may not have had the time to go get a full bachelor's or master's degree, or maybe they had a degree and they wanted to upskill and get a new credential. Uh, they were coming to us and getting these micro-credentials in uh, large numbers in the millions where they had the two or three or four months of time they could put in. And even then, you know, maybe two or three hours a day at most, um, they were able to come and get these credentials uh, and micro-credentials uh, completely online. And so we were moving at an incredible pace to begin with. Uh, and then, you know, the last uh, two years, uh, COVID uh, comes in and suddenly, 
what was uh, incredible speed uh, now becomes uh, just a uh, you know a typhoon so to speak where uh, overnight in uh, april for example of last year uh, in the first week of april we had 10 times more learners registering on edX than just a month prior to that and so uh, we had 5 million new learners come and register on edX in the month of april which equaled all of 2019 so suddenly a world began to go on at a much, much faster pace and everybody want, wanted to learn online. And so for us, uh, this was just an incredible time to think about how, how could we take our game? How could we take what we're doing to the next level? How, we, how could we take our mission to the next level? And the partnership with 2U um, has been critical to us where this acquisition by 2U of edX in the, enables us to not only take a mission to the next level, but create a new, organization that will offer to students everything from free to degree, from MOOCs to micro-credentials to you know, full degrees and, and executive education and boot camps, a really comprehensive collection of education uh, offerings. And we're just so excited about what the future is going to bring. It's funny you say incredible speed to incredible need, right? Because every institution all of a sudden needs online learning and they need it in whatever way they can get it. And I got to ask both you guys, because I sit through this and I imagine myself sitting at the table with you going, let's look at this continuum, because there's, there is a lot of non-credit education, let's call it uh, a, a non-academic based uh, education out there, uh, where it's, it's upskilling and reskilling, but it's a little bit like the Wild West. There's everybody is offering something. I mean, you even have people that are outside of higher ed that are in coaching and leadership offering these classes. And it's just, it's a little bit of a wild west. Do you guys sit down and look at this acquisition, this merger and go, we're literally going to be a marketplace for post-secondary education? Well, I mean, we think that, uh, so on, I'll go first. Uh, we do think, you know, what, what edX has built over the last decade is an incredible community of people that are, uh, you know, learning all different types of subjects and trying to, you know, build their long-term future. And uh, we think that, you know, the combination uh, will allow us to, you know, supercharge that mission. Uh, we do think that our ability uh, to scale uh, and to get more uh, folks uh, you know, to bring more folks into uh, the community is something that I know both of us are pretty excited about. Not? Yeah, you know, but, uh, you know, Joe, uh, you know, the need is there. Uh, yep. You know, take, for example, one of our learners is Andrew. Uh, Andrew is at United Airlines, and he realized that he's got a family, he's got a kid. He realized that uh, he needed project management skills to take uh, his career to the next level. And when you have a kid, you have a job, what are the odds that you're going to be able to go back to college, uh, spend a year or two getting the next credential? You know, the odds are zero. And so Andrew came to edX and he found uh, a, a, a MicroMasters in project management from uh, the Rochester Institute of Technology. You know, he took it and now he's a project manager at uh, United. And so the story of Andrew, you know, there's so many Andrews out there all over the world where they're looking for these new skills and they can put in some amount of time they can, uh, it needs to be inexpensive. Uh, you know, you can earn a micro master's for about, uh, you know, a thousand to two thousand dollars. And you need, need to do it completely online without having to leave your home. And uh, to be able to get these on edX uh, uh, from some of the top institutions in the world um, is critical for these learners. So I think in the future, the combination of edX and 2U 
will be able to offer a much richer suite of offerings to learners where uh, there are short courses in, uh, in everything ranging from business to AI to strategy, boot camps where people can skill up with hands-on training and just a huge number of degrees. A lot of people want to do degrees online as well, of course, and you know, hundreds of degrees. And so in the combination, gives people this incredible choice. And for universities and uh, companies, uh, it's an incredible opportunity to uh, uh, be able to take their content. For universities, for example, take their content and make it available to the whole world in chunks and modules that are smaller than degrees. And for companies to be able to do the same uh, for learners that are looking to uh, upskill in uh, many areas that the com uh, companies excel in. Yeah, I mean, there's the whole vertical integration piece of this is is fascinating, right? So, the the idea would be at least if you're you're thinking about this, you're entering this pipeline with edX uh, or to you, right? No matter where you enter the pipeline, if you've covered uh, uh, the whole free to degree continuum, you're going to pop in and pop out where you want to. Maybe start at a degree, go back and get a micro credential start at a micro-credential, go and get a degree, but that you don't have to move outside of this continuum because edX and to you now cover the gamut of, of the free to degree continuum, right? There's a huge value in that in our very blurry marketplace of, of non-credit education of formalizing that. And Listen to you, Joe. You sound like you're selling for us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I will be, I'll be honest. I'm a little excited about it because I, you know what? Because I talk to people all the time. It's like, what? where are you going for this non-credit education? Free to PhD, baby. Free there to you PhD. go. Who's going to come in and formalize this to put value around that continuum and put some beef behind it? Because there's just all these one-offs that don't make a lot of sense to yeah, me. You, right? know, you know, Joe, let, let, me, let me tell you what my friend, uh, who's one of the heads of uh, online learning at uh, Boeing says. Uh, his name is Mike Ritchie, a good friend. And... Um, what he says is that in the old days, uh, uh, you know, education was about uh, going to the mountain, you know, uh, uh, praying at the, uh, at the altar of the mountain for four years and then working for the rest of your life. In his words, his analogy is very similar to yours, which is that life is going to look, the life of learning is going to look much more like a subway experience where, and he even draws a subway and uh, where people will be getting on and getting off uh, at various points in their lives and career depending on what they need. And uh, it's not like you get in at one end and you get off at the other end. People are going to get on and off depending on what they need to learn. So for example, uh, some people may already have some basic uh, computer science skills and they need to learn AI. You know, some people may have AI skills and computer science skills, but uh, need to go into management, need to learn leadership. And so different people will go on and off at various points in time. And all of this has to be online, has to be short, and most importantly, there have to be credentials associated with it. And the way to get order in all of this stuff is to have clear, validated credentials by industry. And our micro bachelors and micro masters, for example, have been validated by companies. Uh, in fact, Boeing, Walmart, uh, SunTrust, a number of companies have invested in this micro bachelors program. So the key to validation and creating sense of the micro credential space is to get company validation and input. Yeah, yeah, that, that's how you change that whole. That, that's how you change the value conversation around higher ed, right? There's a, there's a question of whether traditional higher ed has value. You need employers at the table. 
I, I do want to go to you for a second, Chip, and ask you about this because I was reading, you know, reading a bunch of news about this this acquisition. Some some um, this person writes this. I'm going to read it to you, and then uh, I'm not usually one to give my opinion, but I'm going to give you my opinion, and I want you to respond to it. Uh, guy writes that TU's mission is fundamentally misaligned with the university tradition. And I, I said, oh, what a bunch of garbage that is. Uh, because uh, that that's like saying that TU doesn't want to teach people, uh, which is the complete opposite of what TU is doing. How do you respond to something like that? Uh, you know, we, we really found this, founded the company to work with the great nonprofit university to unlock its mission. You know, we do think that We've been about quality for the entire history of the company. We started the company focused on quality, driving the right quality outcomes, the right quality retention. Uh, more recently in our history, driving great job placements for people that are looking to actually create a, a better future for themselves in something like coding or project management. Uh, so I, I do believe that the uh, you know that we are completely aligned with our university partners. It it really is core to the company. Uh, when the student wins, the university wins, and then we win. Um, and, and, and I don't think our tax status has anything to do with it. Um, you know, we really stand behind our great universities and, and think that, you know, if you look at me, um, you know, I'm an example of somebody who, uh, you know, I got a Pell Grant to attend George Washington and it completely changed my life. GW had a huge impact on me. Uh, you know, I'd been out of Florida like twice in my life and got up to DC. And next thing you know, I'm having this incredible experience with great faculty members and great people. And the reality is the online environment can help a lot of people unlock that opportunity for them, whether they're a traditional student like me uh, at the time, or, uh, you know, I, I got my undergrad and, and then eventually took some additional short courses and then eventually got my MBA a bit more traditional path. And as Anant said, some people will enter at various parts of the system. Uh, and we see that now until edX, uh, we just were not a fully complete company uh, offering really the full continuum of learning options for people. So now today we do start with a bunch of incredible free courses, but if you think about what stacks together, the opportunity for MicroMasters across our entire portfolio, we do have a very large number of master's degrees. Uh, but I guess, Joe, I'd come back to just quality. The, the story of online education, online education historically has a bad rap. And some of that in the early days was warranted. But today, you can just do something incredibly high quality uh, if you're just really purposeful in trying to do it. And we think we've proven that. We think Anant's proven that. And as we come together, we just think it, you know, it, it, opens up a, a much bigger opportunity for everybody. You know, Joe, to, uh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. The, uh, you know, as we talk to, uh, you know, university uh, uh, faculty, company uh, trainers, uh, university presidents and provosts, and we have 170 institutional partners, none of them thinks of edX as a competitor or to you as a competitor. They think of us as partners. So well, let me give you an example. So I've, uh, teaching at MIT for, oh my God, uh, 30, 33 years as a faculty member in computer science and electrical engineering. And right from day one, I was very content to use textbooks. Uh, I used the textbook from, uh, written by uh, a professor at Stanford. You know, I used the textbook written by 
a professor from uh, uh, you know uh, European University. I, I always used and leveraged other learning content and services from other places as a faculty member. And so think of edX and to you simply expanding on the textbook concept and offering a set of services where if I'm a university faculty member uh, and I'm or a university leader, in the future, I need to be focused on what is my true value add for my university? What is the core of my being at a university that I need that I hold very dear? It's the it's learning, it's uh, creating right pedagogies, it's uh, helping students. Those are the most important things for me. A lot of the other things that a university or a professor does may not be as important. So why not partner? Create these partnerships and leverage them. So with edX, for, for example, uh, they leverage our platform and our market reach and they make available the content and learnings to learners all over the world. Um, you know, uh, uh, Eric Grimson teaches on edX and uh, his course with Professor John Gutag out of MIT, uh, they've reached uh, 2 million learners from uh, virtually every single country in the world. Now, there's nothing wrong with partnering to get the reach and the platform that you could not have been able to do yourself. And so you're seeing more and more of this new kind of thinking at university, uh, at the university leadership and faculty level, where they're saying, we need to think about more modularity and more unbundling of university services where things that are not core to our value proposition, why don't we get someone else to help us with, partner with somebody else, just like we did with textbooks, and then focus on what we really want to hold dear to ourselves. And so I think in that sense, edX and to you are just incredibly complementary partners to universities. Yeah, I agree. You know, I, I always wonder who the heck is writing this stuff, because it's somebody else wrote that uh, the there's increasing blurring of the lines between for-profit and non-profit higher ed. And I was like, 20 years ago, maybe there was blurring in the lines. I think it's pretty clear that that education is education. Tax status is exactly that. And I wonder uh, for, for both you guys, uh, and now I'll start with you and then move to Chip, what kind of response have you gotten from univer university partners? This one article I was reading indicated that some universities that partner with edX were doing so because of the nonprofit angle and might pull out uh, because they don't want to be associated with for-profit. And I said, who's... Who is it? That, who's running that that would say, oh, no, we don't want more students to experience our education. Maybe I'm maybe I sit on a different side of the fence because I worked in for profit ed for a long time. So I have always fought this whole tax status uh, BS for lack of a technical term. What do you guys think oh, well, about that? You know, Joe, the uh, uh, when you say you're nonprofit, it en encapsulates a certain set of principles and when we explain to our university partners how all of those principles will be enshrined uh, in this new combination, uh, they were happy. Their universities and faculty and leaders want more reach, more revenue, and this will, and more innovation, this will get them all of that. And, and let me tell you a story that, uh, as to how edX and 2U came about. So Chip and I have uh, known each other for many years. We, we go back uh, uh, almost 10 years. Do you guys like each other or, or not uh, really? Yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, <laughs> on the rare occasion we like each other. <laughs> Chip was talking about you before we started here, not a little bit. He puts up. He puts up with me. It's like we're like the odd couple here, Joe. Oh, that's got to be a really, really tough <laughs> job, and not. I don't. I don't envy you that. Oh, we're good friends. So you know, uh, we've known each other a while, and and in the past, every year, every couple of years, Chip would call me and say, "Hey, Anand, you know what? We got to do something together." And uh, 
you know, it's usually you become business colleagues and then you become friends. In our case, we were friends and looking to find opportunities to work together. And so, you know, uh, last year, you know, Chip came to me and said, hey, you know, you know uh, why don't we acquire you? And I smiled and said, you know, it, it's like oil and water. You know, uh, you are for profit, we are nonprofit. You know, how would it work? And so, you know, Chip said something very faithful. He uh, said, look, Anand, um, what does it mean to you to be a nonprofit? What are the outcomes uh, of being a nonprofit? And he said, why don't we agree to those outcomes and then what's not to like? And so, you know, I got together with several university colleagues and we wrote down a list of commitments um, in terms of what it means to be a nonprofit. You know, for example, uh, we will have a suite of offerings that are free. Uh, we will have micro credentials that will stack up and to degrees and we will innovate, low cost degrees, uh, open source platform. All the IP belongs to universities and the faculty. But all of these things that are enshrined in edX's DNA as a nonprofit, uh, you know, as we discussed with two you, do you agree to all of that stuff? And what was even more amazing was that they believed in it. And Chip said, hey, look, you know, we would want to do these things anyway. And so we agreed to all of that stuff. So in some sense, edX's nonprofit DNA is now enshrined in the organization going forward. And as we explained that to faculty and universities, they said, wow, uh, you know, uh, you guys did really well. I mean, these are all the questions that we had. You guys have already thought through and answered these questions and, uh, and done a really good job. And at the end of it, we're going to get more reach, more revenue, uh, more opportunity for the learner, more innovation. So what's not to like? So at this point, faculty and universities alike are largely on board. Chip, anything to add to that? Well, I mean, there's never, you know, what makes higher ed such an interesting place is there's never uniformity of opinion by definition. You know, this is not like, corporate America where, you know, you've just got such a, um, such a broad range of opinions. And I would tell you, honestly, like the response has been awesome. Like we, 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 you know, we, it's been much better than expected. Uh, we're, uh, pretty excited about the openness of the university partners to thinking about this version of the future of edX. Um, and you know, you will see us invest in edX in a meaningful way. Yeah, I know. I think that's a really good point because now, you know, I think in and out, you can, you can clarify if, I, if I'm not um, correct here, but sometimes operating as a nonprofit doesn't give you the same advantages of operating like a for-profit, especially if you're in a competitive space. If it, to use investing in edX it, to scale and, and to use um, uh, pulls out some uh, conversion and marketing uh, reductions, which, which obviously was outlined in your it makes sense, right? That's a, a big reason for uh, a, a benefit to pull on a huge pipeline of students. Then you can, you know, with that investment, you can really build out that nonprofit mission and like, like you said, enshrine it. At the same time, create a continuum, right? This is about creating a continuum of learning that's accessible to every single student, no matter where they are at the point in time, point in time learning. It's a, it's a critical differentiator, I think, if you're able to offer every point on that continuum and not, what do you, what do you think about that? Yeah, you put it, uh, I think you put it, uh, uh, put it really well, Joe, in that, uh, in that, uh, you know, there are certain things that are available to you as a for-profit that um, are, are, the door is completely closed as a nonprofit. Although I must say that uh, even as a nonprofit, uh, we, in, in all the good aspects of for-profits like innovation, fast moving, 
you know, wanting to be sustainable, you know, wanting to help our universities generate revenue and reach. Uh, you know, we were working like a cutting edge, uh, you know, a Boston area, New York area, or Silicon Valley startup. And so, uh, you know, a lot of people you know, would not think that we were a kind of your grandfather's nonprofit company. We're very innovative. But at the same time, uh, as a nonprofit, a lot of our faculty colleagues at other universities had told us that, hey, look, uh, uh, you know, how do we get you to invest more in the platform, invest more in marketing? The word was always more. And, uh, and so uh, uh, with the public markets, you simply can uh, generate a lot more investment capital that you can use to, to create more growth, more innovation. And so uh, that is very exciting to us uh, where with this combination, we can get that. But probably, you know, beyond that, what's more important about this partnership is the strategic complementary fit, where even if somehow magically someone had come and given edX a billion dollars, uh, we would still, uh, we or any of edX's MOOC competition um, would have to spend years building out all of the stuff that uh, Chip and Do You have built, you know, things like the world's best executive education program, the world's best boot camp and, and short course program, uh, an incredible cadre of education services and career services for learners. And these are all hard to build. And so edX would have to spend years and and hundreds of millions of dollars to build it out. And so we could take forever for edX or any of our com MOOC competitors to build it out. And so the beauty of the partnership is that you already has these. So why reinvent the wheel when by partnering and, 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 and merging together, we get access to all of that. The learners get access to uh, the you Career Services Network. Our university partners and faculty get access to all of the you investments and services in education. So these are all really good things that come about uh, that money alone could not have bought. Chip, I want to ask you about, um, like I said, it's well documented in your press release and other areas that people have written about the, the ideal, uh, you know, point oh three percent conversion rate from, you know, when you pull in a pipeline of students from edX and that they're looking at two degrees. But talk to me about persistence and completion, right? That's a, that's an issue for higher education students, anywhere and everywhere. This, this may help. And, you know, when you look at the reports and what revenue and, and, you know, projections look like one of the areas that I think um, probably needs more discussion or, or clarity from you guys is the conversations that you must have had around, Hey, we're going to be able to keep students in the system by offering these things to them. They might stay in education instead of leaving education. They might persist to a next term or to an, a, a new credential rather than leaving. There's, there's a lot there that is revenue-based, but it's hard to uh, predict, but certainly easy to talk about the benefits. Yeah. I mean, our, um, you know, retention and graduation rates are really critical to driving the opportunity for the student, but also driving the business opportunity. People don't realize that that's uh, a critical component of how we've been successful over over the years. So, if you look at our degree programs, uh, you know the overall graduation rate in the '70s, the term two retention rate, 86 percent. If you look at our boot camps and short courses, they have over a 90 percent completion rate. So, a pretty critical part of our history is driving high quality completion. Uh, and then if you think about the opportunity to offer people that are in the system additional 
opportunities from one of the university partners. You know, one of the reasons coming back to what you said earlier, uh, when we were talking about like what the reception has been, you know, the truth is, regardless of our public company status, two U's always been fundamentally aligned to the values and missions of nonprofit higher education because that's who our partners are and coming together with edX is just a completely natural extension of that work. So it's been responded to well. We do think that some of the meaningful DNA that we have internally can assist uh, in, in improving the, the user experience, the, not just the website. People obviously know that we're good at the front end marketing, but people probably don't realize how much of our company is focused on helping the students succeed. And we do think that that is a huge part of what we'll bring together with edX. You know, as Anant said, offering our uh, career engagement network to all of the edX learners is something we're quite excited about. We think that that's a game changer. And that's an example of something that all of the other MOOC companies will have to build. It's hard. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's less discussed, especially as, a, as an OPM, that so much of your success is outcome-based or else there would be no partners, right? The university wouldn't partner with you if their students that you were helping them add were not successful, right? So there's a continuum there. It's an important one. Uh, but I'm going to ask you guys a question before I b- before we start getting to the uh, the nitty-gritty, the, the most meaningful questions that I have for you. I'm going to give you the keep you on your toes question that we ask here at the Edip Experience. Uh, who wants to go first? Who's feeling like they're ready for an off the top of your head answer right now. Uh, Anant, you want to go? (laughs) Sure, sure. (laughs) All right, Anant. You know what? So Chip gets to think about this. We want to learn about you, Anant, and this is a way we get to learn about you. Every single time you walk into a room, no matter where you are, there's a song playing on the loudspeaker radio. It's your entrance music. It's the music that defines you and who you are. What song would that be, Anant? Oh, my God. It's the... uh... You want me to go or not? See, this I, is why I, I ask who wants to go first because it's a stumper. I'll tell you. I, I'm happy to go. It's it's the uh, I think there's a movie, uh, uh, you know, one of the Rocky movies. It's a Rocky fight song where you can take on anything. I like it. I like the Rocky <laughs> reference, uh, of course. Chip. Well, it depends on the day. So uh, believe it or not, at headquarters, Joe, and this is not a punt. In our headquarters, in the two stairwells going from the first floor to the twelfth floor the lyrics of these two songs are done in graffiti by a graffiti artist. It's really, really cool to see. But one stairwell is uh, Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen and the other stairwell is Don't Stop Believing" by Journey. So mm-hmm. I think I'll go with Don't Stop Believing," but, uh, but if I'm, you know, if I'm in more of a raging mood, I'll go with uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. I like it. Look at these good answers. See, we learned a lot about you guys today. We even uh, learned what was in the hallway between sterile one and 12. Um, that, that's amazing. So we've got one question from an audience member. Um, Chip, I'm going to, I'm going to push this to you. Uh, and uh, it goes something like this. What assumptions are there on edX conversion rates to offset margin reduction on edX customers to have revenues meet investor expectations? That's clearly a me question or not. Uh, <laughs> you know, we do we do believe that um, not only will the overall uh, community of learners be interested in furthering their options in terms of their educational career, but we feel like we've got enough data at this point to 
uh, have extremely high confidence that the trajectory of this merger uh, will benefit all parties. And that, that does include our stakeholders. Like we do think that, um, that, that while, uh, you know, I can't get into what percent of conversion we expect or don't expect. Uh, we did a, a lot of work uh, before the deal to validate the overall uh, audience and feel very confident that the audience will be interested in other educational programs. And are very excited about offering some of the edX uh, programs uh, like MicroMasters and MicroBachelors. We've had a really strong response from our partners to offer those, which by definition, obviously translate directly into an enrollment in a degree program. So, uh, you know, very confident in why we did this. And, you know, candidly, since the close, we've gotten more confident, or sorry, since the uh, uh, the the signing, we've gotten more confident. Right. Anna, anything to add on the conversion rate but projections and, and such? You know, I think the, uh, uh, you know, I know uh, you talked about conversion rate, but I think uh, I'd like to talk about the synergy in that um, at edX, our learners would come to our website and be searching for stuff. As you know, you know, we're a, a top ranked, uh, one of the top ranked education websites in the world. Learners would come in and they would be searching for all kinds of degrees and boot camps and, and, and of course, things that edX has, but many of the things edX just doesn't have, and they would go away disappointed. Now we have the opportunity of helping all of those learners that are looking for things that we, we don't offer. Similarly, our university partners, uh, many of them, more and more universities are looking for a one-stop shop where they're looking for platform and partner unification. They don't want to work with you know, a dozen vendors. And so... They would love to see a platform, uh, a common platform used across their boot camps, across their degrees, across their, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, courses, uh, MOOCs, and so on. And so here's an opportunity for uh, partners to now be able to offer uh, short courses in executive education on edX uh, or certain kinds of degrees that edX didn't offer. So I think I think the synergy between Learn, the synergy between offerings, whether it's for learners or for partners, to me is the is the bigger, more interesting, higher level story. Now, I want to ask you guys this, uh, Chip. I'll go to you first, and not a second. What you know, gr amazing synergy, amazing step for the future of higher education, which I'll ask you both about at the end. But what still keeps you up at night? I mean, Chip, you're running a huge organization to you you know, uh, acquiring edX, but what still are you thinking about at night when you go to bed and what keeps you coming back the next day? Well, I mean, two different things, you know, of course, the, the, the COVID times we're living in are just very complicated as an employer. And, you know, we've, we've done really well virtually, but we, we do, we also, uh, you know, all motivate one another and, and get a lot of energy by being together uh, when we can. And so, you know, it's just been crazy times, Joe, I'm sure you're dealing with it in your own life. Uh, we've all never really lived through anything like this. What keeps me coming in is, uh, is the people, um, you know, uh, to you and edX. One of the things that was really fun for us being at GSV together was to see our two teams together. Um, the people are awesome. And you know they're 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 bold and fearless. They don't let the skeptic win. 
and you know they know how to have fun in the process. And so having people that are focused on the mission uh, really is, is why I'm still doing this. Yeah, it's funny. One of the things, and I'll ask you in a segment. One of the things we always forget when you're when you're in education, you're dealing with students, and you're talking about students and offering things to students. You do forget that that Chip, like you said, you're still an employer. You still have a huge staff to take care of along with with students and what you do on a daily basis. And we sometimes forget about that in higher ed. Totally. And what keeps you up at night? What keeps you coming back the next day? Well, you know, uh, uh, you know, in the past, uh, you know, certainly uh, there's always a lot of opportunity for edX. And uh, what always kept me up at night was uh, uh, how do we, uh, there's a lot of opportunity. How, how do we take our mission to the next level, take advantage of opportunity? Uh, uh, and uh, and certainly, you know, what kept me coming back was the mission, and ultimately the learners. You know, what we were doing for them uh, kept me coming back. With the with the two U acquisition, uh, I think uh, many of those real challenges for edX uh, are mitigated. Uh, you know, as we are transitioning over to two U, uh, you you always worry about people. Uh, you know, edX has about two hundred and fifty people, and uh, we are meeting a lot of people over at two U. There's always, uh, you know, you always worry about, gee, uh, you know, uh, are you working with uh, a whole new family? You know, how is that family going to look like? And and you uh, mentioned ASU GSV, but we met a lot of uh, our 2U family. And, uh, you know, uh, very exciting, uh, really amazing people, uh, uh, incredible, you know, incredible mission aligned. And sometimes, you know, when, you know, if I didn't know who they were, I'd say, wait a second, were you from edX or were you from 2U? So, yeah, that's so true. Not. That's so true. <laughs> It's such incredible synergy and, and mission alignment. It's not even funny. That's that's cool. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Well, let me ask you guys last two questions. Here we go. We're gonna we'll we'll take this. Uh, we'll do an on first and chip, and then we'll we'll go in reverse for the final. And on to you first. What is something about edX? You know, let me rephrase. There's been a lot of talk about to you and a lot about edX and synergies and areas and students and learners and websites and visits. What's one thing about edX that you want to say that maybe we don't know, that's maybe not discussed quite as much as it should be, something that you might be proud of? I would say in all of this, um, I've not heard enough about innovation where you know, edX was uh, one of the innovation leaders in the edtech space. Uh, the list of innovations uh, you can probably read in our impact report from last year. Uh, you know, new micro credentials like micro bachelors and micro masters. The first time ever that a MOOC course was offered for credit. Uh, this was in a partnership with Arizona State University and Global Freshman Academy. Uh, what we don't see spoken about as much is uh, innovation in education. And edX has had an incredibly impactful past in terms of innovation. And this is going to continue. And a pace of innovation is only going to increase as we begin looking at the impact of AI and cognitive science and AR, VR, uh, reach. I mean, these are all things that we will see big, huge, big impacts in the future. And the innovation is only going to, going to increase. So I just don't see enough of that being talked about. Mm, really interesting. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is an innovative, uh, innovation in higher ed is, uh, it always, we always say that it's been forced via coronavirus and we forget about the companies that were there innovating before it happened. Same, same question to you, Chip. What is one 
thing about to you, one area of to you, one something about to you that maybe we don't know or isn't discussed enough, something yeah. you might be proud of, anything. Yeah, I, you know, people, as OPM goes, uh, we tend to go. In other words, the, the notion of what OPM is, you know, we're, we're by far the biggest in the space. So we tend to take all the hits. And what people don't realize is how the commitment of access and affordability is built directly into the business. And yeah, I mean, you know, examples, 18% of students enrolled in a two-year powered degree program didn't have an equivalent degree program within 50 miles of where they live. You know, we have partnerships with Access to Education Scholarship Fund, with the, the Netflix Pathways boot camps, with uh, four HBCUs in which we're helping Netflix drive high quality uh, diversity into their own coding teams. You know, we, we bent back the cost curve in a whole variety of places, including our long-term partner Simmons, uh, lowering the cost of both their online and their on-campus masters of science and nursing degrees by almost 10 grand. Uh, you know, we power 500 programs across a very wide range of price points, you know, from $600 short courses to $26,000 undergraduate degrees. That's like the entire degree. So I think people maybe think of us because of our history as, you know, this OPM that's taking a revenue share. And what they don't realize is that because, uh, you, you know, not only are we committed to affordability, but it's actually good for the business because as price goes up, conversion goes down. And so the company is very clearly trying to pull back the cost curve in a whole bunch of places. And I just don't think that's obvious to most people that follow the company. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. And that, that relationship of conversion and cost is a really important one that uh, you don't understand unless you're, you're in this business. I mean, the more expensive something is, the harder it is to convert. So you want to, if you're to you, you want a product that is high quality, and affordable so you can bring it to as many people as possible. That's that's an important point, Chip. Thanks for saying that. And I'm going to move to you again, Chip. And then Anant, you get to finish since I started with Chip at the beginning of the episode. And here it is. This is your million dollar question, Chip. And, and for you, we get to compare what you said last time to this time. But what does the future of higher education look like, especially now that you guys have gone through this merger or will? I, th I think I might have said this last time, but blended and connected. Uh, the whole notion of online and offline, you know, the, it, it, it's a little silly. Like when we go shopping today, we don't think about, Hey, I'm going online shopping. I'm just going shopping, you know, so creating flexibility for people, whether they're, uh, you know, fully online in some blended format, whether they're on campus and they need access to online options like edX for campus. Um, you know, this is all about just creating opportunities for people to have a continuous learning experience. Yeah. But by the way, I don't know what's happening in anybody else's house, but it seems like my shopping, at least here with my wife, is happening all the time on uh, online websites and the shopping never ends. Um, I'm sure it might be the same in your households. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's happening with me, uh, you know, even more than my wife. <laughs> hey, Joe, but, but, but when you go to buy a mango, come on, you do want to go and uh, pick the mango off the shelf, don't you? Oh, yes. Uh, you know what? Produce. Going into the store, absolutely. I don't want somebody else touching my fruit. You gotta, you gotta be. Yeah, let's be honest. Not future of higher education. What's it look like? You know, I love. Uh, I totally love Chip's answer. The future of learning is blended. Totally agree. Um, you know, I think uh, it's going to be blended in more ways than one. And I'll talk about credentials. I think the future of higher ed will be different from the past, where in the past it was one size fits all. The people 
at the age of 22 or 23, went and got a degree. Uh, I'm sorry, at the age of 18, got a four year five degree, and, uh, and then they went and worked. I think the future is going to be merged in the following way where people might start acquiring credentials even while in high school or while in college, uh, micro bachelors, for example, and get a leg up on college. And then they would come to college uh, in person for a couple of years and go get a job. And while then on the job, they would continue acquiring micro bachelors or micro masters, other credentials, and ultimately get a degree. So this concept of a four-year degree, I think will be challenged in the future where people be looking to stack up modular credentials, start much earlier and continue on much later so that learning is feathered throughout life rather than just four years. I really believe, I don't think it'll happen in the next three years, but in the long term, I think that is the future of learning. Well, I'll tell you what, from the EdUp experience, we wish you guys the best of luck uh, leading from the front and redefining the life cycle of what higher education uh, is going to look like with hopefully a well-defined continuum of ins and outs uh, that, uh, that will really, I think, say, you know, as much as anything else, how uh, a student is going to move through their experience, right? And, and being able to move fluidly through that experience rather than having it be clunky is I'm sure a goal that you guys have here. Thank you for coming on this podcast, guys. It's, re- it's been real honor to have you. Um, and, uh, you know, you're both pretty darn good looking guys. So it doesn't hurt to have three guy, good looking guys together on an episode talking here. Don't stop believing, baby. Hey, uh, thank you. Thank you, Joe. And uh, uh, great to chat with you and Chip. Glacier uniquely focuses on informing and inspiring the next generation of college and university students by looking for innovative ways to recruit high school students. They are always looking for new ways to recruit with the best interest of students in mind, something that has been important to Glacier since day one. Glacier offers the largest high school advertising network in North America. This unique platform allows higher education marketers the opportunity to place massive billboard-style ads directly inside feeder high schools, leverage influential students as brand ambassadors, and layer in a robust digital advertising component. If you are ready to take your high school recruitment to the next level or want to learn more about how Glacier can help you, visit their website at www.weareglacier.org.